and welcome back to another episode of Orbiter Cafe Radio. Hi from Fausto. And I from Gaetano. Another special episode of Orbiter Cafe Radio. We have uh, a great guest. So we have our CEO of IWC Schaffhausen, uh, uh, Mr. Chris Granger here. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, both. How are you? Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for joining us, Chris. And uh, let's go through the questions of this uh, live podcast. So let's start off with the first one. So virtual reality and augmented reality. Congratulations on being the first brand to offer a journey throughout the collections and bring us on board the sailboat to discover the new Portuguese watches. Does this represent the way during such hard times? And which was the feedback from the community about this new platform? Obviously, as you know, Enion, in these uh, completely unprecedented times, we had relatively uh, a little uh, amount of warning to, to change everything we usually do physically in Geneva into a digital format. And, uh, you know, part of, of, of Geneva is always showing the watches, but another part, a big part, is also the emotional part of sharing the story, of creating an atmosphere and something that people can uh, enter and walk into and actually understand what we're talking about in terms of the universe of the watches. And the question is really, you know, everybody can do a website. We have a website. How do you extend the, um, the experience to bring a more emotional, more of a feeling for the collection than simply putting So really the way we dealt with that is to um, try and bring elements of VR and AI into the experience. So not only do you have the soundtrack on the, on the page, but you also have the full VR experience of what it would be like to be actually on the booth in Geneva. Uh, and that really brought together the navigation for the VR space with content, with videos, with background stories, and then also uh, a specific things like a, a cocktail recipe at the bar or a Spotify playlist to really have a little bit of that storytelling. And then of course with the AR, watch try on function the ability for people at home to get an instant first look of a live rendered version of the watch on their wrist or on the desk in front of them and trying to get as much of the atmosphere across as humanly possible on the website and i think that's clearly is only the starting point and what we're seeing is the world has now had a, a crash course in in video and remote technology and i think a lot of this is going to uh, become part of our reality going forward and the feedback was very very good and when you imagine that Only in the first week, we had about uh, seven times the amount of visitors in the virtual space that we would ever been able to welcome in the physical space in Geneva. And that shows that the potential to reach a lot broader audience, a lot more people with a story like that, is clearly enhanced by doing it digitally. I think it, it, it is amazing, Chris, as, as a watch collector, but also as a tech enthusiast, I really think that was uh, a great achievement. So even, even in terms of technical, I mean, very, very technically very, very well done. Uh, so let, let's um, uh, dive a little into the new, the new collection. So the 2020 new um, uh, Portuguese collection is the, first co is the first version that has a completely in-house uh, movement. And I mean, as someone that is wearing his own uh, old, Portuguese, I mean, this is, this is, of course, something very, very interesting. Um, how does the new um, uh, Portuguese 42 uh, fit into the, the new collection uh, is the first part of the question. And the second one, how you came up with, in that size, with, um, with a perpetual calendar. So that, that's, that's an achievement as well. Is this something that was driven by some, I don't know, specific request or is part of a broader roadmap? Can you speak to that a little? I think the, uh, the Portuguese goes all the way back to the heart of our DNA. You know, in our 152-year history, uh, the Portuguese was really the milestone back in 1939 when we created a lot of the DNA that is today understood to be IWC. So when we talk about uh, the open 
clean, crisp dials, the legibility of an nautical instrument, the Arabic numerals, the foy hands, and the that precision of a pocket watch movement in the back that really is what didn't only define the first Portuguese 325 of 1939, but has really become the DNA for these watches uh, ever since. Um, so what we've done recently is, as you know, uh, for our 150th anniversary, we invested heavily into our manufacturing capability here in Schaffhausen, creating that uh, new manufacturing center that I was fortunate enough to, to, to help design. Uh, and there, that allowed us then to ramp up lot of our in-house movement production, not just for the um, high-end uh, complicated watches, but also really for uh, such mainstays of the collection as the Portuguese chronograph, or as we saw last year in the Spitfire chronograph or the Spitfire automatic with that new caliber 32. And so the, the ability for RWC to really create high quality, high functional, um, robust movements at every price point of the collection has really been driven by that investment in, into our research and into our manufacturing here in Schaffhausen. And from there onwards, one of the major parts of the new collection was to introduce a new automatic uh, high-end movement in the caliber 82 uh, that you just referred to, Fausto, and that's the caliber that has a smaller diameter compared to the 52 uh, seven days power reserve twin barrel caliber, but it's still peloton winding, ceramic clicks, and so on. And that allows us not only to make an automatic in 40 millimeters that is much closer to the size of the original Portuguese, but also then to use that as a base movement to put the uh, perpetual calendar module by code class on top and making sure that we get a much more wearable 42 millimeter diameter uh, Portuguese perpetual calendar, which has all the hallmarks of a classic Portuguese, but comes in a much more. So I think, yes, when you look through the collection, uh, there's two things. Uh, first of all, our, our emphasis on, on the manufacturer movement side of things. And then secondly, also the addition of uh, more variable complementary formats to what we've had previously in that. Thanks a lot, Chris. Great addition to the collection. And let's move forward to the next question. You have been the first, and for most cases, the only watch manufacturer to focus on a single collection per year, so on a single released collection per year. What's next in your roadmap? I mean, we admit we'd love to see also a renewed and empowered Aquatimer collection. Uh, extending the saga, for example, began with the, the Deep One, the Deep Two, and the Deep Three. All in all, we know 2020 is all about the Portuguese. Uh, can you please tease us and our audience with what's next? Yes, no, that's, uh, that's very kind of you to ask. No, I think if you look at, you're absolutely right. If you look at the DNA of RWC, um, and purely from a technical perspective, I think it is both uh, the marine chronometer precision pocket watch movements that are so expressed in the Portuguese and other lines, the calendars, the chronographs that come on top of it, et cetera. But a second thing has always been material and case engineering. And materials, we've recently launched our serotanium, all black uh, titanium alloy that combines really all the best qualities of ceramic and titanium. Uh, we've been one of the absolute uh, pioneers of titanium and ceramic and watchmaking back through Porsche design and the Da Vinci collection back in the 80s. Uh, and of course, um, case engineering has been the other massive part, not only us being one of the few manufacturers that have real case-making uh, competence in complicated engineered cases, but also that being expressed um, through sports watches such as the GST, the One, uh, and, and other titanium watches of, of that era that led to what we understand to be the Aquatimer today, which is probably the best and most powerful showcase of uh, complex multi-part case-making uh, that we're able to do at very high degrees of waterproofing. So after now having launched two collections that really focus on our movement competence, that really show off what we can do at different price points and sizes in terms of our in-house movements, I would agree with you that the time is right to um, focus a little bit on the case engineering and case design that we can do. And uh, 
this should be uh, very evident through then the next collection launches. Thank you, Chris. Let me just add one note. Since you mentioned IWC and Porsche design, I came to discover the brand when I was a teenager uh, by reading Architectural Digest, which you know is a famous magazine. My mother was used to buy. She was uh, uh, she she just subscribed to the to the to the magazine. And then each number had uh, uh, an AD, a commercial of a new IWC on it. And then that's the way I came in touch and I really came in love with the brand. Thank you. So advertising works. No, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things, you know, we had a few of these great collaborations. And I think um, in terms of the, uh, the awareness for IWC, the Porsche design collaboration was probably really instrumental because it, it really uh, transported IWC to a scale audience. But there's also some other really interesting ones uh, you know, we, we made uh, not only the, the GST watch for, for Prada in the context of one of the Luna Rossa campaigns back in the 90s, but what very few people know is we also made uh, timepieces for Louis Vuitton uh, back in the 80s. I actually discovered that myself in the archive a couple of years ago, uh, that all those, um, based on the Porsche design quartz uh, world timer modules, uh, they actually also went to quite a colorful Louis Vuitton watches that were manufactured by, by IWC back in the day. So... The archives are full of surprises like that, but you're right. I mean, Porsche Design was the instrumental uh, partnership that led to probably a lot bigger audience being aware of IWC than before. So, uh, now, let me just tease this, Chris. It would be great if we can make an episode on the archive because now we are such, I mean, you know, you're just pushing our curiosity yeah. to the limit. But of course, I'm just making a service to our audience. Yeah. So just... just. <laughs> it's not all pretty, I can so promise me, you that. <laughs> let, me, let me shift gear uh, or altitude. So let, let's talk pilots. So the Top Gun, US Navy Blue Angels, and, and more. So those watches clearly, I mean, are, are, are amazing. And I personally buy the Top Gun Chrono now. <laughs> but clearly those, uh, those releases have been uh, are, are ultra exclusive just for, for, for a, uh, a specific set of fighter school instructors. So it's, 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 it's a very, it's a very niche. Uh, are you planning, it's a very niche release, sorry. Are you planning to release um, some other ultra limited edition like this for, for, for some of the diehard fans like us? Mm. So we've been um, a partner or licensee of the, of the U.S. Navy uh, ever since 2006, and we've had a, we have the longest lasting relationship with the Navy and, and all aspects of naval aviation, and also are we uh, the broadest uh, licensing partner on, on different U.S. Navy assets. And that really started with uh, the Top Gun collection that we launched uh, on an aircraft carrier in, in, back in 2006 to, to a global uh, press audience and then uh, worked its way uh, into different iterations there and for me it has always been absolutely important that uh, we uh, have a professional side and a um, sort of inspired by aviation side to the collection you know so for me uh, anytime storytelling you see that with Spitfire last year needs to be rooted in in the actual uh, real life application of these watches um, and that is why we we started to really work together with the professional side of, of the Navy through the squadrons and, and various schools and for the uh, fleet um, instructors uh, that are Top Gun graduates in the, in the fleet schools, but also uh, for uh, the, the Top Gun school in Fallon itself for the 50th anniversary, the instructor watch we launched last year with the Blue Dial, beautiful piece to mark 50 years of, of Top Gun instructors and the existence and, and, and the anniversary of Top Gun. Uh, but also various of the fleet squadrons. Blue Angels is another great addition. The Blue Angels probably one of the most uh, uh, respected um, aerial display team uh, of any air force in the world and, and being able to make both an exclusive watch for the pilots of the, uh, the Blue Angels, but also a version that 
we can buy and store is, is, is really one of those uh, building blocks in the story. Um, so yes, we, of course, the, the, the much admired uh, Top Gun patch uh, will stay exclusive to uh, the watches that are only uh, purchasable if you're a graduate of, of US Navy Top Gun. Uh, but we're planning, of course, various uh, pieces to animate that going forward that will be of limited uh, availability um, to celebrate our Okay, I'm reading between the lines that I need to start my training, and so I, I'll eventually apply and try to get my watch. Yes. <laughs> I so, I mean... Uh, <laughs> 1.5 million per course, and it's yours. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I mean, I admire the, these guys. You know, you mustn't forget that um, when you when you talk about uh, seaborne uh, flight operations, it's one of those few really perishable skills, right? This is something. It's not like riding a bike. So, uh, operating from an aircraft carrier to be able to land and take off from an aircraft carrier at night is really something you have to try and, and test to the level uh, and, and train uh, every time you go on a mission. So, there's nothing that you can learn once and then keep doing. These guys have to do the entire training routine over basic carrier certification uh, for every single time they embark in an aircraft carrier. And, and it's extremely uh, challenging and difficult when you think about the acceleration and deceleration when you think that you have to hit a, uh, a wire uh, coming down at 140 knots uh, precisely in the space of a couple of meters uh, whilst putting uh, full throttle uh, into your jet to be able to take off again in case you miss. And the same for the, for the catapult launches, the G effects that you have when you've been catapulted off the end of a boat in two seconds. It's, it's really extreme. And then at night, being the absolute pinnacle. I mean, my respect to these guys, you know, this is not a, an easy thing to learn. It's not an easy thing to maintain. It's very work intense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as a, as a flight enthusiast, and uh, I, I absolutely relate with that, those guys are really pushing to the limit. Uh, yes, and also what I also understand, Chris, is that you will keep pushing on Ceratanium and also new materials to support this uh, product portfolio enlargement. So we expect also the Ceratanium to become more and more popular. Also, let's say on these uh, Top Gun ready watches. Yeah, absolutely. It took us five years to uh, get serotonin to a level where we have process consistency and, and a stable way of making serotonin. And every time we change the diameter of a watch, we change the type of part that we're making. It's a learning curve that's almost from zero again. It's a very specific, unique process that we're applying. And it's a lot of test and learn, and it's a, it's a, it's a long development process. But yes, we're enjoying from the, the first uh, very a small attempts in serotonium, like the Aquatimer Perpetual Calendar serotonium, which was a strict limited edition a couple of years ago, then to the Podinky uh, Pilots uh, automatic watch that we launched, and then into the, the Top Gun Double Chrono serotonium and so on. Um, it's a journey to be able to scale this up and to make it more widely available. And uh, the process is now at a point where we're, we're very confident that this can be introduced into more of the technical sports. So there's an amazing roadmap ahead. So the, let's say the, the Portuguese is just the beginning or an even wider roadmap and the more, more, more even interesting roadmap. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we are, we are a brand that is really based on a chronograph and, and calendar functions in our movements. That's one big angle. The second angle is, of course, uh, as you said, the, the pilots' watches uh, with their functionality and their stories, and the third angle being materials and case engineering, which, which is going to come through 
on the various technical and sports watch lines over the next Great. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, this was very uh, informative, uh, fun. I hope that uh, our audience enjoyed the discussion with you. So uh, I, I really hope that we can have you guest of our, uh, of our podcast uh, again. So personal thank you from me, Fausto. Thank you. No, great. Yes. Thank you very much. Also, from, from me on behalf of the entire media, Chris, it was really very insightful and also very, really, very, very pleasant because we, I, I believe that our audience will enjoy this uh, conversation very, very Good. much. Thank so, you very much. Thank you. Good to talk to you. That's great. So, I will be back to you when I will have my uh, my certificate of Top Gun to get my watch. And with that said, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. For you, so as soon as you're qualified, you know, I'll send you one over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's already my calendar. I will be there collecting my patch. <laughs> thank you so much. It's never too late to apply for a white for a fighter weapon school, uh, Fausto. <laughs> <laughs> never at all. <laughs> thank you so much, everyone, and uh, um, see you soon again on Orbiter Cafe Radio. Bye everyone from Fausto. And to everyone from Gaetano, thank you very much. Bye.